For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 122. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, and we are a little delayed. It's entirely my fault, but we are going to make it up to you. I promise we have a banger in store for you. And with me is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, I am here. Um, I'm excited to do this, this little shindig. It's going to be a fun episode. Um, I think it's going to be some really good discussion. I'm excited to get into it with you, Greg. Um, but first, I have to plug my Twitter. I've been firing off some pretty good tweets lately. So uh, follow me at Elijah underscore Newsom. Greg, where can the people follow you? At NUFC underscore Greg. And I'm happy that you wonderful people are still listening because we have not suspended the podcast due to the yes. coronavirus. We are still fine. We're actually probably the safest podcast. Um, New, we're act, we're definitely the safest Newcastle podcast because yeah. we've actually already been quarantining ourselves. Yeah, because yeah. we don't we're not in the same room when we record. So doing shout this out to remotely. Us. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. So we're we're actually going to dominate the podcast game for Newcastle podcast. We were ready before anyone else knew of what a corona was. Not even yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. We're uh, like the Simpsons. We predicted this. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we have today, it's going to be a little bit different format than what we've been doing, but it's going to be a lot of fun, at least. So we're going to talk about our win against Southampton. That's how we'll mm. start it. Then we'll bring in some the news after it. Uh, but then still on Friday, you'll have your preview. Uh, for Sheffield, if there's still a game, which we'll yeah. talk about that in this that, podcast. Yeah. Um, if there's not, we I don't know. I don't know. Well, just I guess it just depends on when they announce it. If they announce, yeah. well, I mean, we well, probably will still release the preview because I think Greg will it'll go live, and unless it's announced Friday, then <laughs> yeah. So maybe we can do some planning right now and just say okay. if the Premier League suspends, we're going to have an emergency podcast. What are we going to talk about? Well, I feel like that's worthy of an emergency. And it's go- it'll be like a 10-minute podcast, but... Yeah, it be- I mean, I hey, feel guys. like we should at least address our takes. And Well, I'm, I'll tell you right now, my and first what take this will be... podcast will do going forward. Yeah, it'll be... Oh, okay, that's fair. Because we, we know what we can finally do. What? Interview all the people that have agreed to come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can start that. We just that. For, like we've had 
people who've like for almost a year and have been like, oh yeah, we'll come on and just we just have not interviewed them. All right, but that's not the point, Greg. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, I kind of did that, but let's just start. <laughs> well, let's oh. just start with Southampton. Okay. So yeah. Newcastle United strolled on down south for a lovely, lovely one to nothing win against Southampton. Lovely, jovely. Lovely was not a, a real word to describe it. I actually thought it was pretty miserable to watch. Um, and let's let's talk about it. We're going to do a little bit different. We're going to talk about formation and then just our takeaways, Elijah. Yeah, because then, I think I think everyone agrees if we talked about the match events, we'd be here for years because yeah. <laughs> a lot happened in the match. Yeah, a lot. Just so a, a lot let, happened. Let's start with the formations, Elijah, okay. and we'll just have you take it away from here um so yeah uh well southampton i don't think we need to talk about their formation but newcastle came out in a 4-2-3-1 um i guess at times and while we're defending you can argue that turns into a 4-4-2 with miggy and the striker pressing when that's employed but that's a technicality um and that's up for debate so there's that. But uh, we back line of Danny Rose, Federico Fernandez, Jamal Lascelles, and Javi Manquillo with Martin Dubrovka in goal. Uh, John Joe Shelby and Isaac Hayden holding down the midfield. Um, Alan St. Maximin, uh, Miguel Almiron, and Matt Ritchie uh, were your three um, midfielders um, sitting ahead of Shelby and Hayden with Dwight Gale as your striker. I guess the key takeaways were, um, well, the key reactions initial reactions was i think the first one uh was the return of shelby and hayden to the midfield i think that's something that um fans wanted to see um and weren't really i don't think anyone was surprised by that i think it was kind of expected um especially since newcastle looked solid against west brom with them not in the midfield and the midfield wasn't that great the midfield had been to eleven uh long staff but they still were able to look dangerous um so it was like oh it can only get better with shelby and hayden um and then I guess the other key things, Joel Linton was dropped despite having a pretty decent game against West Brom. Um, and Matt Ritchie uh, made his um, – it was return, return to the first team uh, despite not really having a great game last weekend and Lazaro having an excellent game against West Brom. Um, and, of course, Matt Ritchie was eventually subbed off. But that's kind of the formation. Uh, similar tactics to West Brom at times, Greg. I saw Newcastle trying to force the long ball early on. Um wasn't really working um the best chances i remember i uh, were really coming from actual build-up um your thoughts on how newcastle played tactically uh i kind of everything goes out of the window typically well everything as far as game plan goes out the window when a team goes down to 10 men and that's what happened here southampton went down to 10 men very early on, and we had pretty much an entire match to to work through that. So tactics. Well, became... to be fair, they, they, there was a good thirty minutes before that happened. Like they still, like we had chances that we created before. Like Newcastle should have been up two 0 before the red card even happened. Yeah, White Gale missed two sitters. Well, yeah, and that were... and that's the problem. Still, like the problem isn't like creating an opportunity it's it's finishing the opportunity yeah um and it's always have nothing still it hasn't changed it still has not changed uh we've changed the formation but the end result is still the same it took us an hour of 
playing, or not exactly an hour, but let's say 55 minutes, playing up a man against Southampton to score. Like, and it wasn't even our best chance. No, it wasn't. It was like um, the least likely chance of them all. But which, yeah, yeah, I guess you can go on and talk about the red card real quick because it, it happened. The the red card did happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so this one, I mean, it's it's a it's a red all day long, twice on Sunday, and any other day of the week. Um, so what happened is. Wait, why am I forgetting who got sent off? Because his name is very hard. Oh, Musa Jigen. What is it? Jigenipro. Jigenipro. Yeah. So basically, so what he does, he he caught Hayden, and it it was like an over the ball foul. So Hayden went in for a sliding tackle, and then Musa like stabbed him with his cleats, like just stomped him. It was originally given a yellow card, but VAR called him down and it was Graham Scott Seraf. I remember that name, but can't remember the player. Um, oh, and he yeah. immediately gave him an ankle, but it was he went over the ball with his left foot and then his foot landed on Hayden's like leg ankle area. Um, Hayden was fine, but it's definitely a red card. Like by the rule of the law, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it was a reckless challenge. It was one of those where it didn't seem that intentional at first but it was reckless nonetheless um that was our first big var moment i guess the other only other var moment before we kind of get into the goal and generally how newcastle played um was there was a, a a shout um for a handball um basically uh their one of their players buffal uh got there was like a, a ball played in and he kind of beat out same axman for it um it was kind of clear cut on goal chance and he did extend his hand upward to kind of bring the ball down and kind of yep. hit his upper arm. So it was a clear handball, and Richie steps, steps up. Uh, lo and behold, well, and flashback, Richie took a penalty last year and missed it. Um, and again, happened again. He took the penalty. To be fair, McCarthy, great save. Um, like, it actually was a really good save. It was pretty well hit, like, on the ground, uh, you know, far corner, kind of away from the keeper, just a really good save. And that kind of, you kind of knew as a Newcastle fan after that point that this was going to be a tough one, even though we were up a man. And that was kind of the 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 tail of the tape. Um, Greg, I, I think you'd agree. Newcastle, um, they had a lot of the ball. They looked dangerous as time, but the 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 story of the day was no end product. And I think that's, I don't know, that's probably the biggest takeaway from this match was, you know, yes, Newcastle look more attacking, but. They're still lacking someone who can consistently finish. And you have, I mean, you want to believe, and I think people were starting to think that if Joel Linton's playing, blah, 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 that, like, you know, he would have finished those chances that Gale missed or vice versa, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, Greg, I think it comes down to that the fact that, like, no one was really able to finish um, <laughs> for Newcastle except for, of course, the Allen St. Maxman goal. Yeah, it's looking more and more ludicrous that they didn't sign sign a striker in January because in the first half alone, we had seven shots, six on target, no goals. Like, that's ridiculous. And I would say about two of those were really good saves from McCarthy. Like, he had himself a day. Mm -hmm. Like, he he really did. Um, But you're right. There was some clear-cut just 
two, three yards out. Um, and it was kind of funny. It was like we, we go up against a lot of these strikers who we were linked to in the summer that, you know, we didn't want to pay the extra two mil for. We didn't want to meet their wage demands. And it's like a Danny Ings who, one, almost scored for um, for um, for Southampton and was available, I want to say, either last summer or the summer before Newcastle were trying to sign him. And, you know, he's got 15 goals in the season. So it's like – yeah. It's it's frustrating uh, to see that and and there's guys like that you can go down the list and I think that's got to be the top priority this summer is like whatever you do with Joel Linton or whatever you do with Dwight Gale doesn't matter you just need to bring in a guy who you can rely on to score goals who's done it from Premier League before and it doesn't matter how old he is you need to shell out the cash to get him yeah definitely definitely and, yeah I'm sure Steve Bruce feels the same way but it's it's never just the manager, as we know, all too well. Um, Unfortunately. Is Mike Ashley going to feel like it makes sense for him to spend, you know, 25 mil or 15 mil even on a striker north of 27? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but then we got a goal. We did. <laughs> Terrible segue, but we did. Um, it was 439 minutes. It took Newcastle to get a Premier League goal. And it happened. And it was a Sean Longstaff pass that F- Valerie? Valeri? Valeri, I think. Valeri. He, like, chested it. Then he... The ball went too far. And St. Maxman just out-hustled him. And beat him to it. Tucked it under McCarthy. Bang, bang. one nothing. Ba- yeah, and then we got the the St. Maxman backflip celebration afterwards. Yeah, which, which is still... always beautiful. Love that. I, um, but yeah, I'm out on the baby now. Um, after seeing a video of him viciously hit a woman, so I'm happy he didn't do that dance again. Oh, okay. I was really wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what? What? I was like, what? what? The baby is on my out list, so anything associated with them, you know, it's a shame because I really like that song. Yeah, but, I, know. I liked, I like the, uh, I like his music, but you know, that happens sometimes. Your, your favorite musicians are often, like, I don't know, bad at what's a bit life sucks to suck. Yeah, but it's huge three points because it it's, gives us 35 points. It At the time, uh, actually, I should check the Premier League table. I should be more prepared for this. But are we still eight points clear? Huh? Yeah, are we, we are. Eight points clear, yep. And first half, they were threatening and couldn't score. Second half was meh. And they won. So yep. that's what matters the most. Is that we're getting victories? Um, is there any like last takeaways that you have to say? Um, I would say this was probably not a great game. From I think part of what I noticed was that, like especially in the second half, uh, Miguel Amaron and like some of our attacking players, and at times, at times, because overall I say Saint Max was probably our best player, and the stats kind of goal aside, the stats kind of report that that reflect that. Had a lot of successful dribbles, good passes, all that kind of stuff. But Miguel Amaron was, like, not his best game. Um, that'd probably be my only other takeaway. Um, but it's good to it's good to see Newcastle be able to win without completely relying on um, one or two players. 
but it wasn't pretty, nor was it, I'd say, ideal. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good seeing progress with the formation. Like, it's cool to see that there's, you know, things, like, chances are being created. It just sucks that we can't get someone to finish them. If we could merge Dwight Gale's runs with, like, Joel Linton's body and, like... And Rondon's finishing ability. Yeah, we would have a great striker, man. So if we just sign a new striker, yeah, uh, then we would have a great striker. <laughs> if we just signed Holland. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially who we just described, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, that's all we got for that. Do you want to take a, a little break, guy? Yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah. All right. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay. We back. We back. Uh, actually, there's one thing. We were, uh, we're about to talk about some extensions, but there's another thing. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about this first. Okay. It's a question posed to you, Elijah. Okay. Will the next owner of Newcastle United be Floyd Mayweather? Oh my gosh, I sure hope it is. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, uh, that is a wild link. Um, TMZ first reported it. Um, there's some crazy quotes from that. Um, but yeah, Floyd Mayweather reportedly interested in Newcastle, and if the fans are, if the fans want him to buy Newcastle, he'll buy him. <laughs> Man, I mean, do we? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, he's not the brightest individual, and he doesn't. He's not the best with his money either. Um, so, I mean, he, the one thing is, he has no problem spending his money. He does not have any problem spending his money. But that's only if issue. Newcastle United were wearing thongs and twerking on a pole. Oh, that's usually wow. when he spends the most. We can make that happen. <laughs> let's do it let's see yeah. let's, let's figure out a way but yeah, um, so. <laughs> so that was that now we'll talk about some extensions we have richie and shelby that was announced so we talked about it last week um but it's been officially announced by the club and then also officially announced after people were almost wondering when or if this is going to be announced fernandez's year-long extension was triggered um, and so oh, yeah. he'll be here for another season, holding down the back line. Has firmly cemented himself as probably our, I would say, probably our most complete center back. Um, you could probably argue best center back. Um, but that's, of course, is, it, is the word objective when it's your opinion or is it subjective? I don't, uh, I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, well, just it's your opinion. It's kind of what you value. Yeah. You value good looks. As long as shit. everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. As long as people know that you can argue if Fernandez is our best center back, then yeah. sure. Um, and then I guess we kind of move on to a more somber note. Um, Dubrovka. Uh, so during that Southampton match, he took a pretty nasty collision. Probably, I feel like it was like the 60th-ish minute in um, and was kind of limping and, you know, was able to continue on, um, and this is right after I think like Isaac Hayden had exited the match and stuff like that. Um, so people were freaking out, but um, turns out he actually is injured. Martin Dubrovka, he has 
some sort of knee injury. Um, the club has said that he will not play for the rest of March. Um, some journalists are suspecting that he won't play for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, Greg, how does this affect Newcastle United's chances of staying safe? I mean, uh, we only do need two points, but as man. it stands, we've got some tough competition coming up. And Carl Darlow, I wouldn't say he's been convincing in the FA Cup. It, it's uh, it's going to be... Oh, man, this is going to be – we're going to see how much value he really is here. Carlo Darlo has a huge opportunity, and, I, and you know, I hope he makes the best of it. But he, this is our best player. Yeah. And he's not – like a lot of people just see him making saves, but he's also has a big play. I mean, he's the only player on the field without anyone behind him. So he's the only player who can see everything on the field. Um, so like he is the person who can communicate that to the back line, like guys making a run on your backside guy, like, you know, he's the person telling them that and they're used to that communication. That's what I'm worried about. Usually LaSalle's does a really good job of controlling the back line. And I'm sure they Dubrovka and LaSalle's have that, um, connection. And I, and I know Darlo knows what to do, but there's going to be, a bit of a chemistry adjustment there or just a language adjustment maybe i don't know yeah it's it's i'm a little nervous about it i think this win really helped us as far as get going to safety yeah goes, but i'm definitely concerned i mean he's yeah. i mean how many games could you say he saved for us this year a, a lot like, and you could argue or... that um like dubrov not dubrovka but darlo's Almost lost us two of the of the FA Cup matches, uh, just because he's had some just pretty shocking, just like there were saves, but they weren't good saves, and he would parry it out into the path of a defender, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm a little bit worried about that. And then additionally, what's crazy is that Martin Dubrovka like hasn't missed a Premier League match since he's joined Newcastle, which is just another wild stat, and so. I don't know. That's just another. Darlow hasn't seen Premier League competition in a while. Like it's just a whole ordeal. And yes, Carl Darlow before Dubrovka was a very solid keeper, and I still think he is. Um, but like you said, I mean, there's that chemistry that's built, and just Dubrovka's ability to read the game that's going to certainly be missed. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I think that this FA Cup run is just done. Like I don't see how Newcastle can. Um, I mean, there was a sliver of hope against Man City. I think people were still, like, pretty positive about it. And potential. there was a potential that we could frustrate them and all that kind of stuff because we have looked good against Man City this season. Um, but, like, without without Dubrovka, that, that just doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, uh... the chances were slim, but it, they are slim to none now. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how that's gonna. Ah, it, it's killer. Unless you, that that guy's Freddie Twitter Ruben. is right, where they said they cancel the FA Cup, the team with the most goals wins it, and that would be us. That would be the. That would be the chance. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's true though. I doubt. I'm it. gonna look it up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was the guy's account that had 600 followers or something. So. Yeah, 
Uh, but we'll the here's the one positive thing on it is we are only, we have how many games left? We have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have nine games left. Only three of those nine games are against teams in the top half of the table. So we're playing six teams in the bottom half. They are sure. Aston Villa. Well, actually, sorry, I'm counting Sheffield. I know their top half. So <laughs> you just forget. Yeah, you just forget about it. So I guess four of those nine teams are in the top half. Um, so it's yeah, Aston Villa, which still needs to be scheduled. Bournemouth, West Ham, Watford, um, and Brighton. Like we could get, we can scrape some points away with those, even with at least two, there. which is yeah, like, and nobody's and yeah, and forty points is a safe safe zone. Yeah. So it's not full panic, but it it is a little worrying. So. Okay. Do you, did you do... find anything? Um, no, I just found like articles telling the Premier League to step it up in terms of contingency planning and having a plan. Uh, yeah. Nothing else. Surprised that they don't have a plan. <laughs> the FA Cup's only really been canceled once, and that was during uh, World War Two. Interesting. Um, Good stat there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, well, and I don't know what happens if it gets canceled, but I don't know. Yeah, let's let's pivot. Yeah, let's let's take a break and then let's talk about coronavirus. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Let's do that now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Elijah. Yeah. This is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever said in a public forum. And the National Basketball Association, a.k.a. the league, has suspended their season. Yes. Due to the coronavirus. Mm. That... There are all over the United States. There's that. There's the whole NCAA tournament for basketball is taking place. March Madness. Um, yeah. No fans in the stadiums. Going to be completely empty. Uh, there hasn't been much in England as far as what's going to happen. There's yeah. been threats of suspended play. There's been threats of no fans in the stadiums. There's been threats of just canceling tournaments canceling the yeah. Epic Cup. what what's your what are you hearing and what's your thoughts on all this and then i'll also i have something after that yeah i think uh today kind of started off well i guess really yesterday started off with like some big news was that like i think it was roma's owner has coronavirus and no it was uh olympiacos olympiacos yeah i don't yeah, know Greece. why i said roma but jeez that was brain fart by me. I don't even know I was thinking of Roma. Um, yeah, but, Evangelis Marin Marinakis. Yes. Well, he has he has coronavirus, and um, Arsenal players had played Olympiacos earlier in the week, um, and they had contact with this guy. I guess they shook hands or something. Um, there was one player who actually shook hands with them, but there was just general contact. So Premier League suspended a match between that was supposed to happen between Arsenal and Man City. So that was kind of the first um, action we saw the Premier League take um, last week. 
uh, Serie A played some matches behind, well, the Italian Federation played matches behind closed doors. There was a cup match and like a couple Serie A matches. And we saw PSG Dortmund today in the Champions League when we're recording this, which is the Wednesday. They played behind closed doors. So there's been action taken around Europe surrounding coronavirus. And then to kind of calm as a big culmination of it all, um, after you know the matches happened today, Juventus kind of shocked the world, which kind of sent everything into panic mode in the sports world because shortly thereafter, um, the NCAA um, announced, but not really related, but kind of a catalyst, I would say. NCAA yeah. announced about the the behind closed doors thing, which was a multitude of things leading to that, but this certainly didn't help. We had our first professional athlete test positive for coronavirus. So Mbappe was tested earlier this week. No, it was no bueno, no coronavirus for him. Well, well, but, Mbappe was immediately reports came out. Mbappe has coronavirus. And then the test yeah. results came back and they're like, Mbappe does not have coronavirus, but was yeah. tested for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he played. Um, but yeah. uh, Daniel Rugani, Rujani, uh, who's Juventus defender, he tested positive for coronavirus, and um, that kind of has shocked the sports world. Um, and then, of course, we find out later there's an NBA player who's tested for it who, and who has p- tested positive for it as well. But that right there kind of when I think it's easier to it's easier for the Premier League to justify not taking any actual action when no players have been involved, like in uh, in Europe. Does that make sense, Greg? Yeah. Yeah. But once a player gets involved, you would imagine that like people start going into panic mode. And so um, this happened pretty late in the day, UK time. It was 6.28 Eastern in America, which I guess is like it was almost midnight in the UK, um, I think. They're still not doing daylight savings. So I'm not really sure how the time zones are working right now. But it was late in the day, so I don't think the Premier League's going to have anything until maybe when this podcast is released. But... um. Yeah, there's been some other stuff. Uh, La Liga, uh, you said um, Athletic Club announced that the Copa del Rey final is being uh, suspended. And yeah, that's postponed, yep. I'm pretty sure all of La Liga is is uh, suspended for two weeks right now. So, yep. um, so, yeah, so everyone else is taking action. And the Premier League is probably going to be next. And I would be surprised if... They don't either start playing games behind closed doors or just do a suspension. And I would lean towards Vizor Premier League doing just at a minimum a two-week suspension just to see um, what happens and see if people's symptoms have been developed. Because I think the other thing is that, like, you know, these these guys are uh, – we have teams that have been playing um, all over Europe, in Europa League and in Champions League, and – the coronavirus, is, I think we all know at this point, takes a little bit of time to show itself. So I think the best thing to do would probably be, probably be to suspend play and see if people start showing any other symptoms and seeing if more people ha- are testing positive for it. Um, that'd be the safest thing to do. But money-wise, you lose like a lot of money. We're yeah. talking probably like 50 million pounds in just revenue alone. And that's a very conservative number. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if you have anything to add, but no, no, you're. It's this has an insane impact, and like, I mean, I don't know if, if anybody's been watching the stock market. It's not fun right now when you're <laughs> investing in money. So yeah. uh, everything's kind of on the tank. Um, 
the coronavirus is affecting businesses and sport and everyday life. It's literally everything. Uh, whether or not you agree with the hysteria or not, it's it's affecting everything. So this is something that needs to be addressed. Um, going into, we were mentioning Arsenal and Olympiacos' owner. So what the Premier League have done is they have postponed uh, Wednesday's match, Man City versus Arsenal. Um, they're testing the Arsenal players right now that had contact with the owner. Um, and then assuming that's another thing the Premier League has to figure out is if there are Arsenal players that uh, have it, like then who has Arsenal played last? And like, do any of those players have it? And you'd have to go down the line. And it's recommended a 14-day isolation period since that contact took place. So that means if, say, three Arsenal players have it, that means that they can't play for two weeks. Like, yeah. So that puts Arsenal at a pretty crappy disadvantage, uh, which I don't think the league would allow to happen. I don't think they'd let – they'd be like, oh, sorry for your luck there, Arsenal. Um, and then what if they are friends with a player at Fulham and say he gets it, and then that player's friends with players at Chelsea, and it just continues to go on this it's trend. Not, yeah. like, and you it's have not even to, friends. You have to stop it. It's just the fact that, like – and I think it's it's I think it's hard to. I think it's easy to be like, well, if you're, it, it, you just have to be around someone. I mean, this this virus spreads pretty quickly, and from anything from just through the air, just and bodily fluid, like just every possible way you can, like you don't need to cough on someone for the coronavirus to spread. Like literally, just being in close proximity of someone puts you at risk for having it so if you have three players in arsenal it doesn't matter who they've played like everyone who who they've been on the pitch with every person they've been in the dressing room with is at risk for it and so it's like it doesn't matter if they have friends or anything it's like they're at risk and they potentially have given it to someone else who could have potentially so it's just a domino effect where it's like if one player has it on a team pretty much the whole league has been exposed to it or at least half the league has been exposed to it over the past you know couple of weeks so yeah. it's it, it's a very tough thing to to navigate and I, I don't i don't know if there's a right or wrong thing to do i just say i think the safest thing in my opinion is just shut everything down and try to start testing people now um especially when you're in a country like the uk that actually has the ability to test people um with with ease um like it's just they they should just go ahead and, and just test everyone be safe um i don't know that's that's kind of my my thoughts and i kind of shared them a lot but i mean it it, it no, does suck this happens but it, yeah it's, it's this is unprecedented it really is it's completely we're we're in a completely new territory there's no history there's no like oh when, but when this happened they did this like there's nothing to go off of everything that happens from this point forward is completely new there's yeah. there's gonna be leagues, players, decisions that are wrong, and yeah. but you you can't really fault them. They're going based on the advice of people that have never seen this happen before, and doing something that has never been done before. So, I know this won't happen, but be patient. <laughs> yeah, be patient and and just like you know, there there may not be a Premier League game this weekend. There may not be a Premier League for the rest of this year but yeah um yeah it'll be, it's going to be really interesting to see uh 
yeah, and 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 uh, for us, if you're wondering, Elijah and I are safe. That's for the time being. Yeah. So thank you um, for your concerns. Yeah, I but, know everyone was wondering. But we'll be <laughs> we'll be updating you. You know, if we hear something, we decided earlier on this podcast that we will give you an emergency podcast. Yeah. Uh, and we'll just like I don't I don't know we'll just update you when it happens uh, yeah. or if something happens. So, uh, there's that. Yeah, I just if I mean it's been said a bunch of times, but if you feel sick, don't go to work. Try to get tested. I know in the states it's really hard uh, to get testing. Um, that's a whole other conversation, but I know we have a lot of UK listeners and a lot of listeners who are in places where it's much easier to get tested. Like, just go ahead and do it, um, and go ahead if you just feel any sort of sickness, any symptoms, just go ahead and get tested. Yeah, um, it, and it also cost you anything. A complete aside: shout out to our Namibia listeners again. Yeah, shout out to them as well. Huge yeah. Namibia folks, please wash your hands. Also. Just that's a thing that we should have already been doing. Like I don't know who wasn't washing their hands. If you aren't washing your hands, you're lame. <laughs> simp, simp activity. So right. he's bringing the new terminology. Oh yeah. Okay. Elijah, you have anything else? Uh no. Um, I just I know I'm I'm excited for Newcastle potentially winning the FA Cup. <laughs> uh yeah. We'll well once yeah. There's a lot to still be uncovered, and obviously we'll bring all of that to you, yeah. lovely <laughs> listeners. But it's, it, you got something I'm else? Just, I'm just saying, like, we could literally release this podcast in, like, news breaks. Yeah. Which I, is, like, that's very what I likely. That's yeah. what I expect. <laughs> okay, well, that concludes our 122nd episode of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn co-host in the land, Elisha Newsom. And enjoy this beautiful edition of Coming Home Newcastle and Hawaii the Lads. Love you guys. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dog at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Lindis Vaughn in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I 
might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the darkness in James's Park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound of me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. Brave the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain.